This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. Hi, hello. And this week we are talking about Echo. Mm, this is another installment of the MCU, but this one is like a special showcase. Yeah, so this is a Marvel spotlight. I don't know if this is supposed to be the same thing as the special presentations or if this is something different, but I remember when this was announced, they said something along the lines of like, these are going to be smaller stories that are more character focused and less bothered with like the ongoing narrative. Yeah, I agree with that because with this, I thought it was a great way of opening up about the main protagonist throughout the story, you know, how she feels. This was a strange rollout for Echo because this one was just released all in one day. Like, no Mm. weekly releases, you know, we have, like, episodes for Loki or Hawkeye, you know, that was just bringing up all the hype. But this one, it was just, yeah, just released all in one day, which I found really strange because they would have had, like, huge potential to, you know, market something that is really celebrating all kinds of culture with Maya's indigenous tribe and, you know, with the past and with the ancestors, but also with the deaf representation as well. That could have been a lot of, like, focus onto that as well, especially with the poster. They've done a really cool design with the poster for Echo, mm. which, which you haven't seen. It's in American Sign Language, but they've done it like that, and it was just so cool to see. So, yeah. Echo, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's a difficult one because... This this really could have gone wrong in the sense that one of the big problems that we have with every Marvel show since WandaVision is that they're released weekly and, and every single week Twitter goes crazy and they're like, oh my God, next week oh my we're going to get Mephisto. M- yeah, M- Mephisto's coming. And when it came to Hawkeye, it was all, you know, like Kingpin's going to be there. And then I remember in the finale, people were like, Spider-Man's going to be in there. And when it came to this show, like with the marketing and everything, everyone was just really excited about Daredevil and Kingpin, much like She-Hulk, where everyone every week was like, where's Daredevil? Where's Daredevil? Is this the Daredevil episode? And it's like, I actually think that they kind of dodged a bullet because they released it all at once. And Daredevil is literally in one scene. And in my opinion... I think that is a really great thing and a really good idea for them to do, have him in it. It fleshes out the world, but it doesn't make things too cameo focused. Yes. Before we get into full spoilers, the big thing that I just love is that this strips back everything to one simple location where we can just focus on character. I don't think this series is perfect, but I really, really appreciate that unlike a lot of recent MCU things, it wasn't like, hey, look at the future. We're setting up things in the multiverse and the the Kang storyline, it very much felt similar to Guardians 3 in the sense that it was like, no, this is very focused on just the characters. And that is so valuable. I agree. Should we get into it? Into the spoiler zone? Let's get straight in. Full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Briefly explain the plot of Echo for those who don't know. All right. Maya Lopez's ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown. She must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community. What's all about family? (laughs) Family. (laughs) Family. So five episodes, which makes this the shortest Disney Plus show. Yes. Uh, what did you yeah. What did you think? This just felt like a very character driven show that we get to focus on Maya 
And I was really happy that we got to see this change of pace in the MCU because they were just focused on the Kang storyline, you know, building up this anticipation for the future films. But this one, this was something that was so fresh looking at death representation and Native American as well. And we get to see a character, you know, that's fleshed out in five episodes. And the one problem that I was just struggling with was like, oh, can we just explore more of that or you know it just felt like there was a lot to explore with that but i was really happy that this show was very accessible like you don't have to have loads of knowledge of the mcu to yes. watch the show directly because the first episode will literally guide you as the audience who have no idea what the show is that is just amazing you know you can really bring people who haven't seen it and you don't have to watch 30 movies and other tv shows just to get into this show you could just watch it and you can see Daredevil for two minutes. But no, you can go into more depth with the character of Maya, which I thought was pretty cool to see because I thought she was like a badass throughout the show. Yeah. And there were some really, really cool fight sequences that I was just so happy to see because mm. recently with the MCU, it was just all CGI. It's oversaturated. But this one... I was just like, oh my God, it's Daredevil again. It's going to be like all the fight scenes with the amazing cinematography that was, you know, implemented in a few episodes. But, you know, it was just a really nice change of pace. That's why I can describe it. It was just yeah. really nice to see. A hundred percent. I didn't even consider that, but you're right. The first episode is so great because it's just like, here's everything you need to know. And I would say maybe three minutes of it is scenes from Hawkeye, but it feels like the first project in so long that is like, this is completely removed from everything else. Even the conflict with Kingpin, it's so closely focused with his relationship with Maya. And therefore you're right. You just don't need that extra stuff. And the Daredevil cameo is so great because it's not like a woo yeah daredevil everyone cheer yeah, and, you know like he can be there and he can say like a catchphrase and then he just leaves i'm daredevil like, I'm, it's me daredevil he says his it's iconic me. catchphrase i can't see and then he just kind of does his thing no he like he, he, he comes in he has a really cool like fight scene and that's that right and then we, we move that was on so cool it, it's used as a way to show maya's skill to show like i mean that entire sequence you know one take action scene is also the first time that we see maya kill someone and we really get to kind of unpack this is the beginning of a downward spiral for her like working for mm. kingpin she kind of lives in this cycle of violence though it's really really interesting stuff and you know just to kind of see daredevil kick ass do his thing and then leave he doesn't need to be a big part of the story. He doesn't need yeah. to overstay his welcome. But it also makes the universe feel so much more alive and so much more rich. He can show up and he can be a part of it without having to be like the main guy, without having to be like, tune in next week because Daredevil's going to be back. It's like, no, he's there and he's a part of it and they acknowledge that, but they also move on. Yeah. I rewatched Hawkeye before this show and yes. I, I love it, yeah. Hawkeye so much. Like, rewatching it, I was like, yeah, this is still peak. Obviously, there are, it's not a perfect show, but I think it's just so, so enjoyable. And I think mm. the characters are really, really interesting. I think Maya in that show is so, so fascinating. And you kind of see it in Hawkeye, but here we really get to unpack that she is just a person who is consumed by anger and a life of pain and mm. echo really emphasizes that maya is a part of and a victim of a cycle of violence the opening of episode 
four or five, I think, is where we see Kingpin beating to a bloody pulp this ice cream vendor who won't give her ice cream because doesn't understand her signing. And it's really just like interesting. And you see even her as a kid, like she has that same anger in her. And this whole thing, we go into that side. They don't really shy away from the fact that she hasn't been a good person. So many like comic book things about villains are like, yeah, but the villain's actually a good guy. Like, you know, like like the Venom films, for instance, or like, you know, those kind of thing where they're like, yeah, the villain actually is a a good person. But it's like, no, Mm. they actually really do critique Maya and what she has done throughout her life and, and what she wants to do. Like she wants to dethrone Kingpin so she can be the queen not because what he's doing is wrong but because she wants that power and that's very very interesting to unpack in that way she feels like a very different kind of mcu protagonist yes a very flawed protagonist that you don't get to see often in the mcu and i really liked how we get to explore the psychological side of maya you know we get to see her you know in the death world but it's like you are in that perspective and the sound design just really greatly helps the audience to go into that perspective you know in the deaf world and to feel that idea of like she had to go through all those emotions and it's like how does she unpack all of those emotions in communicating it but also like discovering about herself so that was like the strongest points of the show and the theme was self-discovery but learning about yourself and there's loads to unpack from Maya's character and it was just so interesting to see throughout the five episodes and I felt so happy that we got to see a lot of signing you know the signing was really implemented so well with the performance with the actors and also it was really nice to hear from the actor Alakwa Cox we got to hear from her that she felt comfortable with people who were signing on set and everybody learned how to sign on set what was the most amazing thing as well that she got to be the protagonist of the show yeah that is so cool to see and there was deaf writers as well who were part of the show and they got oh really yeah and that was the most amazing bit as well so you don't get to hear that often it's just like they get to help everybody each other out you know trying to tell you know a different perspective and as well with native americans you know like they got to tell the story as well so they got to work together and like how could they get the deaf world and then the Native American roots as well and it's like so unique and I thought that was just like the highlight you know you get to see that all the way throughout the show and it just felt like a bit of a vibe honestly with the family that was just really nice to see yeah yeah I mean that's what it's all about comic book things superhero things if they can represent anyone you know any kid any adult and make them feel seen then like boom that's what has made so many recent comic book films so special Black Panther Captain Marvel Wonder Woman Shang-Chi films that do shine a light on things that are conventionally less important and that's just so amazing this does it I really appreciated the because you you always get a lot of criticism with these kind of Disney Plus shows that they are essentially movies that have been stretched out into a TV show and that's definitely sometimes the case other times I disagree but But this one, I think they actually used the format quite well in five episodes. Each one is named Mm. after a different character, each being different levels of this lineage that she comes from, this indigenous population from throughout 
time who have passed down this power that she gains a power that allows her to literally echo through generations which i thought was interesting i found it a little bit confusing but i thought that yeah, the core the, 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 the yeah. core emotion of like connecting back to her roots like she gets a really really great costume at the end i really enjoyed like the the embroidery in that and the way that it kind of like it connects her to her roots that was just all really really nice to see those kind of connections and they utilize that really well. And I think that they also managed to tell a really effective story about somebody who does start as a villainous figure who becomes a lot more sympathetic because she confronts her pain and she uses her heritage and her family to move beyond like the violence that has defined her. I think that was just so beautiful. Like the moments where like she talks to her mum, like she has like this kind of echo, this vision of her mum and she gets a chance to kind of speak to her. And that is like the moment where she finds resolve. And the way that she defeats Kingpin at the end is so interesting. And I kind of loved it because she doesn't beat him in a brawl. She doesn't prove herself as physically or mentally stronger than him. She just gives him the ability to let go of his pain in the same way that she has. And it's perfectly telling about Kingpin's character and about Echo's character that Echo, she will let go of that pain. Whereas when Kingpin gets that chance, it confuses him and it angers him and it will just, and it makes him go even more into the pain and the anger that he feels and it will make him even more violent i'm sure when daredevil born again comes out or whatever we next see kingpin in we will see that that, that he didn't do that it feels very much like daredevil because of how closely maya and fisk are connected and how the show is really kind of like about the dichotomy between the two i mean you know it's not daredevil is it it's not as <laughs> it's well not daredevil. shot <laughs> yeah yeah it's not as well shot it's not quite as engaging but i do think that this has a lot of the identity of daredevil in all the best ways i agree with that and especially there was like a bit of a parallel to when spoilers there's going to be another bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen daredevil season three there was a bit when daredevil actually beat kingpin yeah brilliant brilliant scene yeah brilliant yeah and it's like kingpin actually wants matt to kill him and it was like Mm -hmm. he wouldn't do it because it goes against with his principles but that was like that parallel to echo where kingpin is stuck in this loop of violence this this Mm. awful cycle of violence that he keeps drawing attention to making situations even worse and i thought that was a really strong parallel with that he's getting that self-discovery of himself with the past and the hammer he used to kill with his father that was a cameo with with the hammer it was it was really cool that they kind of connected that even though i don't know if you saw this but it's it's actually a different hammer like do you you think he just got like a random hammer and he was like this is the hammer from when I was a boy. Like he just kind of was just like, this is the one. And it actually, when I was a boy, this is the hammer I used. I love that. It was great having like Kingpin back to do his classic. When I was a boy, when I was my, you don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't think this show is me. <laughs> like it, it, this show is at its best episodes one four and five because yeah. you do get to really focus on that I wonder whether maybe the show would have been better if it was four episodes I did kind of feel like in the middle there was a bit of a lack of tension I didn't really yeah. feel a lot of danger we just kind of mill around for about two episodes I mean we have the really cool like train heist and the fight in the like roller rink oh that was and, so cool like, 
yeah those things are already like effective right but i feel like when it comes to the overall kind of like pace it did kind of like lag a little bit which is very in keeping with marvel shows because you know all the defenders series stuff they also Ah, quite often are like dip in the middle for a little bit but yeah it was really good to see kingpin and I feel like there was a really interesting kind of a level of humanity and vulnerability to him. Like, yes. for example, you kind of see that Maya is almost like a daughter to him and he's conflicted because he cares about her, but only in a way of like, how can he use her? In Daredevil, the show, he learns Chinese so he can like get higher in the criminal underworld. So he can work with Madame Gao and the Hand. In this show, he doesn't even bother to learn sign. Over the, the course of like 20 years, doesn't even bother to learn American Sign Language. Um, and he's like, I, hey, hey, like, Maya, I got this technology for you. I can check I can out what I got. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can see it yeah. now. Oh my God. And it's like, really? He got it straight from Justin Hammer. <laughs> that my head canon is that whenever a villain in the MCU has like a piece of technology, they got it from Justin. <laughs> they got it from Sam Rockwell, of course. Do you think Justin's still alive in the MCU? Oh, apparent, apparently, he's going to be in Armor Wars. So watch this space. I, I have no idea how, you know, he's going to be like, you know, Iron Man 2. Like, that was the most amazing thing, you know, in Iron Man 2 with Justin Hammer. He's like, yeah, I made this technology better than Tony Stark. <laughs> and he's like, I love that bit at the later. end when Rhodey's like, I'm going to bust this guy's bunker with the ex-wife. And he shoots it and it like this missile that's been really set up as like the biggest shit. And then like it fires and it does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and and Tony just says hammer tech and Rody just goes, Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> Back to Echo. I think it was really great that we also kind of stayed in one location and that was just kind of like everything that we explored. It I think it's really cool that we can just kind of like take a breather and not have to go on this kind of globe trotting adventure. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Yes. I was like really glad to see that it was like kind of alive, you know, with this town, you know, you get to see Maya driving on a motorcycle around at the place, but there was a lot of things that were kind of lacking for me. I wish there was more family tension. It was really lacking a lot because, you know, with Maya's, is it cousin? Maya's cousin. Yeah. Yes. And she left and she didn't come back for her. And, you know, she hasn't seen it for a long time. I wish there was like a really nice way to wrap it up or maybe extend, you know, a lot of stuff. What Maya has been through with this cycle of violence and how can she escape it? That was the one problem that I was like, you know, we could have seen a bit of that, you know, like in some... Because the tension was lacking and I wish there was a way to see that family tension all the way throughout the episode. Because again, you did say there wasn't really any tensions. That was just a few things that I was Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of characters... And I think that with the time that we have afforded to them, you could have kind of stripped down like, you know, like Maya's main like friend who works at the roller rink, like you could have made him a member of the family. Like, let's make that a bit interesting. The idea that he's kind of keeping this secret from everyone else. Like the, there are things to be done there, but we did get Billy Jack, who is my favorite cat, the dog, absolute, just iconic the dog. Oh, what was his name? The, like, uh, Billy Jack, right? Billy Jack, yeah. yeah every every single Jack. time, like I can't remember his owner's name, but the, I mean that's telling, biscuits. isn't it? I don't, I don't biscuits. I don't even remember the owner's name, and I remember Billy Jack. But every time biscuits would be like, "Hey, come on, Billy Jack," I'd be like, "I love you, Billy Jack. I would die oh, for Billy you." Billy Jack, the best character. Oh my god. Oh, he's gonna steal the show. Imagine that. He's gonna show. He's, he's gonna Jack. be an Avenger. <laughs> He's going to fight against Kang. Oh my God. Yeah, he's, he's going to do that. 
but I'm really, you know, what's really interesting is that it's like slowly building up to the other shows, like with the spotlight shows as well. But with like yeah. Daredevil, that's going to be a unique approach to the character that we haven't seen for a long time, like 2018. Yeah. And, and we now know that Daredevil wasn't snapped. Like during the yes. blip, he was alive. So like now that the Defenders shows are in the MCU and now that we know that Foggy and Karen are going to be in Born Again... There's a lot to explore there. (laughs) Yeah, like that could be really, really interesting to kind of go into that without making it all about the multiverse and about Kang and about all these bigger things. Like, you know, you can still acknowledge the world, make things fit into the world without it all being about this bigger story. I think that's what made the Infinity Saga so good. And that's why Echo worked as part of the universe because it yes. didn't end with like like the tease we got at the end was Fisk being like oh I'm gonna be mayor again, <laughs> which is really interesting because yeah. like it feels like on much a smaller level that we're setting things up. Not like yes, you, you know at the end of the Marvels spoilers for the Marvels I guess uh, we wake up at like you know like we're just being like hey look it's another ah, universe. Ah, it's like, the beast. You know, whereas, yeah. <laughs> Sure. A lot of the projects do feel a bit like that, but this was just such a breath of fresh air. And it's the first TVMA MCU yeah. show. I mean, I guess like new new guard of MCU shows, kind of like post like Disney Plus. The action is pretty, pretty good. Like it was so raw and so like violent. And I thought that was actually really great to see because who doesn't love just a bit of unhinged violence in a comic book thing? Yeah, this was just so engaging to watch, you know, with the action, because as I said earlier, the MCU has lost the touch with, you know, with the fight sequences. And what I found really interesting, looking at these shows, Echo was like character driven, and then Loki, it was like drama driven as well. Like, you know, it was like, you know, kind of sci-fi and there wasn't a lot of fight sequences in that, but I like the direction that, you know, going for the shows, like they're going to the psychological side to the characters and like, how far are they going to go in this journey? And I thought that was just showing really well in echo but yeah i wish it yeah i agree with it it should be like four episodes to have that level of tension and i thought it was just really engaging to see that yeah Mm. i mean what do you think like okay so we've now had echo and before that we had loki is marvel tv back is that like have we done it (laughs) have we managed Um, to like get because obviously you know secret invasion was rough and you know (laughs) she hulk was all right you know miss marvel (laughs) moon knight were all right but like there was definitely a peak with WandaVision, Falcon, Wind Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye. And then we really kind of went downhill a little bit. And then I feel like maybe this is like, this this has got to be the best Marvel TV. Like these last two seasons have been some really, really strong stuff since like Hawkeye. I so agree with that. Loki had a beautiful ending and Hawkeye was such a vibe. I was just like, I need to rewatch it again. That was just so comfy. But Secret Invasion, no. (laughs) <laughs> and, there, and there was like shows oh and She-Hulk I thought that was pretty cool oh yeah Moon Knight Got yeah that. Moon Knight happened <laughs> sure I feel sure. like it's interesting because uh, you know Moon Knight She-Hulk they're definitely shows that were made to have a second season but we don't even know if they're gonna like recently Tatiana Maslany was like yeah no we're not getting a She-Hulk season 2 and oh. I think that's a shame because I think She-Hulk could actually be uh, an enduring show like, oh, I know Loki got two seasons but I could see She-Hulk going on for numerous seasons like there's a lot of potential there it's just a yeah. shame that people are idiots <laughs> and yeah. Miss Misogyny aside, you know, people who don't want to have fun with the show, people who expect Daredevil, people who expect it to be one thing, you know, there definitely is a part of me that just kind of thinks we've kind of wasted, like the MCU has tried a lot of new things recently, 
And in a lot of ways, I feel like the audience has wasted it as much as the MCU has. There's been a fair amount of things where it's like, you could have you could have cooked with this and you didn't. But there's also been stuff where it's like, you did cook with this and people just don't really care. And it makes me question like, what we're going to do yeah. going forward. Like we talked about this last week, but like, where's the MCU going? Like, you know, we have Deadpool 3 on its way. On its way. We have Agatha on its way. I just, I just hope they're more like Echo because Echo, it wasn't afraid to be character driven and vulnerable and emotional and it really hit i thought i i did think it was really effective i agree that so well and i think this is a show to watch if you're not a fan of the mcu or you know you just want to see something cool out of the mcu i think this is something that was just quite character driven and i thought it was a really cool story to go through what are you going to give it out of 10 tom Ooh, there's a question um I think eight out of ten or or seven maybe. Ooh, I think I'm gonna go I think seven. I, right, okay. I, I think I'm gonna go eight just because like this represents so, like you know as a show probably seven. But the fact that it's like the first MCU show to kind of truly feel disconnected from like a larger storyline in a yes, while exactly. is like yeah. I feel like that deserves an eight. Um, so yes. big thumbs up to that. I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> well I agree with everyone. that. Yeah, just building up with the smaller shows that we have, like Daredevil and, you know, possibilities. This brings up a lot of possibilities, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is exciting. The street level of the MCU with the Defenders and with Spider-Man and with Kate Bishop and with Echo and with Kingpin. That is exciting because it doesn't feel like, it feels like there's still potential. You know, the multiverse, the Kang stuff, it feels like we've done it. It feels like we hit the peak. And now we are just kind of like still trying to find ways to make it exciting. Whereas this is actually what excites me about the MCU right now. It's going to be exciting. Thank you everybody for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review. If you think we're worthy next week, we're going to be doing poor things, which is just (laughs) such a crazy, cool, you know, experimental like film I love January. We always get so many cool films at awards seasons. And so you can send us an email at alstimefilmpod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on poor things and ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. What are you laughing about? I just can't wait to talk about it. Um, for those who are listening right now, you must be, hmm, what is, what is John talking about? <laughs> All be revealed. <laughs> next week yeah uh, same bat time yeah. same bat channel yes <laughs> and you can follow us on instagram at out of time phil pod to see our incredible thumbnails from zane asville on twitter for more thoughts from tom and tiktok to see edited clips which are all also on instagram reels and youtube shorts and you can find links to that all in the description below thanks to l james mayor for the excellent theme and ronan phillips for vocals as always and I think that's everything. Wow, what a what a way to start off twenty twenty four with a with a yes. good MCU thing. Like yes. what a what a surprise. It was yeah, very surprising. And I can't wait to see, you know, project like these. This is like definitely a passion project. Yeah, who know I mean I mean I guess I guess we'll see where the MCU goes this year. <laughs> see you in July, I guess. <laughs> July. Wait, is that the next one? Yeah, De- uh, Deadpool. Oh. Yeah, so we've got we've got a whole six yeah. months off. We don't have to talk about the MCU for six months. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we can rest. Mm. Take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.